So welcome to another episode of Nose to Nose, which asks the burning question, what does a 70-plus-year-old and a 23-plus-year-old have in common? And the answer is absolutely nothing, except we both have big noses. Right? Yeah, I'm going to go for a right on the nose part, but that age part sounds a little suspicious to me, but okay. Well, that's what's so cool about it. it um, we're teaching each other all these different things. And like when I try to drag you to a movie and talk about a movie, you and your generation would rather stay home and watch it on any of these new streaming services. And and my feeling is that's going to kill movie theaters for about two years, as it did with, as television did. And because you'd rather just watch what? You, you watch The Irishman on, on streaming, right? On Netflix. I did watch it on Netflix. And you've got all these other services. You've got what? Disney now? Disney Plus, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon Prime. Exactly. And plus each channel that the network has. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's that's where things are going to go. And um, I think it's a shame because the movie experience is, is important. And it'll take time to come back to it. And and all this is, is, is because uh, I was in Mexico recently at a festival and ran into an important fellow who owns about 3,000 cinemas in the world and a lot in Mexico and China and all in L.A., the president of uh, Sinopolis. I think it's called Cineopolis. In Spanish, is Cineopolis. Probably and not, I, I sort of asked him nicely, <laughs> as nicely as I could ask, what are you going to do for those next two years? And he had some answers you'll hear, but you're rather happy just staying home and watching Netflix and all these services, aren't you? I am, and that's from someone who enjoys watching movies, so it's a little bit weirder trying to imagine people who don't care about movies trying to go to the movies. But I think when I first asked you about this and you said, but you know what a movie costs? You, you started saying, you know, I don't want to spend 14 bucks and blah, blah, blah. I remember you. that was the first time we, when we talked about this. Yeah, that is also true. It is expensive as hell to go to the movies, plus nine, dollars $10 popcorn that... The girl always wants you to buy, plus an icy, yeah, plus candy, and maybe parking too, and parking and transportation to get to the damn movies. So. You're talking about forty bucks to go see a movie. Yeah, I am. Pretty much so, in a way. And if you get a date, you're really screwed, right? And she's not trying to pay for nothing. <laughs> well, hopefully, 21st century, she's trying to pay for something. But Jesus. And as I'm watching, since I've got to have a small popcorn and a small coke, and that that is now at AMC is now about fourteen dollars. For a popcorn and a Coke? Yes. Small. Popcorn costs nothing to make. I understand that. I know, I know. Coke costs even less to make. Yeah. And you recently went to one of these these theaters that has full-service food, too. That costs a lot of money. It was... Anyone in Chicago who has heard about Block... Is it Block 37? Yes. That is the most trash-ass theater you can ever go to. Avoid it at all costs unless you want to eat, but... Even then, just go eat before and then go to a movie because this is the most ghetto ass movie theater I've ever been to, and I'm never going back. Yeah, I've actually heard that from a lot of people. And when I mentioned this to the gentleman we're going to hear later, the owner of the theater company, he said, "Well, I'm very proud because you know I started that tradition ten years ago." I said, "So you're the man responsible for putting full meals into theaters? Yeah, it works really well in L.A. <laughs> so maybe they should do a a preliminary." 30 minutes of eating before the movie starts. I, I can't imagine eating serious food in the dark. You know? Yeah, well, 
and drink and having it served to you and interrupting the movie and stuff like that. I mean, you know. So you went through. Did you tip the guy? Whoever brings you food and things. Well, when I went to the movies, I didn't eat. Okay, you went I to. A, I didn't. I would have not gone to that movie theater if I knew it was an eating movie theater. It's called a dine-in. I mean, it says it on the sign. It's a dine-in theater complex. Yeah. Oof. Not for me. So this gentleman, the president of the company, you know, you could say his name properly. Alejandro Ramirez. Right. And his whole family started this movie theater back in the, the 50s. And he's he's housed in Morelia, Mexico. Is that the tequila one. capital of the world? No, that's uh, Guadalajara. No, this is... Um, Morelia is famous for the Day of the Dead, actually. Oh, the famous, I thought that was Oaxaca. Oaxaca is the artist community. What, you're, what, you're, you're half Mexican. You should know all these things. I'm not a very I'm, good Mexican. I speak Spanish. That's about all I got going for me. <laughs> Morelia has the four major drug cartels. <laughs> <laughs> they fight each other there. Sounds like Mexico. Ugh. Yeah, and um, sorry, Mexico. Yeah, and Guadalajara is where, where tequila comes from. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so do you want to hear from this guy? Yeah, let's let's play it and here take a little listen listen to this interview right quick. Thank you, first of all, for inviting me to your podcast. Uh, my family has been in in the movie theater business for um, over sixty years now. My grandfather uh, opened his first cinema here in Morelia, where the Morelia Film Festival takes place. Really? In 1956. So that's our oldest uh-huh. cinema. Uh, and uh, afterwards, my father and my grandfather together uh, started a company in 1963, mm. which in 1971 was, uh, you know, nationalized uh, by the government. It was not a, a formal nationalization but, or expropriation, but it was like, an invitation to sell to the government. Back then, you couldn't say no. And then in 1971, they started all over again. The company that exists today actually started with one screen again in Mexico City this time. And, uh, and we've, you know, grown since, uh, you know, to become the largest uh, exhibitor in Latin, in Latin America, not only in Mexico, and also with operations in other parts of the world, in Correct. Asia, Europe, uh, South America and the U.S. And the idea of the film festival comes along, in that, and it's in the theater, your father's first theater. That's right. Grand, yeah, my, my grandfather's grandfather first theater, theater, yes. Which is symbolic and very important. Yes. Well, the, the film festival started, uh, as you know, 17 years ago. Right. And uh, it came out of an idea uh, uh, of Daniela Michel, who had been conducting right. Uh, Do- short documentaries and shorts or no, no only shorts only shorts she okay. had been conducting a, a small short film festival in Mexico City okay. and then she proposed why don't we do a, a film festival that could you know provide a platform for you know young Mexican filmmakers to okay. discover new talent and I said yes and she said we can move the the short film festival from Mexico City to Morelia mm-hmm. and I said yes but let's add a section of, of a competitive section on documentaries because right. I believe that Okay. Documentaries, uh, one of the best things that are um, done in Mexico. I think we have a superb documentary filmmakers. And then uh, in time, we also added uh, Mexican features. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a festival has been growing from a very small and humble beginning to you know, a festival that is already well positioned in the, in the world of festivals. In well, I mean, I'm sitting here and you have Robert Redford, James Ivory. Willem Dafoe, all of these cool people. I mean, in this little, to me, a little town, because yes. I've only seen this town in four blocks, because yes, you keep me isolated. Yes. And 
That's very impressive. Besides that, you have the best movies from internationally. Yes. Yes. Well, and you have young. You have a young audience, which is oh, very wonderful. difficult for us all to do today because the kids are all stuck on the internet. I, I agree. I think uh, Morelia has uh, really developed n new audiences, and it's uh, uh, full of young people, and and all the screenings are sold out. And those are big numbers, but they're young. I mean, yes. I keep saying young because I'm I'm so I'm so impressed. Yes. No, you're totally right. I mean, I think uh, Morelia. It has uh, been a successful festival in creating and developing new audiences and, so and nurturing who, who them. So who are those people? Are they from here or they come every, from everywhere? They come from everywhere, but uh, I would say the bulk are from Morelia. Okay. Uh, but but uh, especially on weekends, you get a lot of uh, young people and uh, from, from all over Mexico, actually. Mm -hmm. People that come all the way from the border with the states, from Tijuana and Mexicali, and a lot of people from Mexico City, from Guadalajara, even a few from the south. And some people from other parts of the world as well, mm -hmm. but um, I, w I would say the majority of the audience uh, is Mexican, and uh, within that, you know, the biggest group is from Morelia because Morelia is a university town, so there's a lot of young people. Morelia has the oldest uh, college in in the Americas, so uh, the Colegio de San Nicolás, which is now the University uh -huh. of San Nicolás de Hidalgo, uh, was the the first uh, college in the Americas. So um, since then. Morelia has been a, a university town. Interesting. So the big question in life. So when I was young, television was new. And we didn't read the movies anymore. For about two years, it was television, television. And then suddenly, the movies did a few things that made us come back. And in my day, it was Cinerama. And then 3D. And suddenly, we gave up television. And we went back to the movies. And then IMAX. Everything brought us back to the movies. Now with, I would say, another year of this insanity of, you know, Netflix, Amazon, Disney, Paramount, everybody doing these things, I would say the kids are going to stay home for a while. How do you get people, how will you get people back to the cinemas? What's the well, new revolutionary thing besides better movies? Yes. <laughs> in most of the markets in which we operate, I, I don't think we actually need to get them back because they haven't left. You okay. know, Mexico still is full of young people in theaters. You know, people mm -hmm. really like going to a theater to see a movie. And um, it's still the, the to cheapest. Me, I have to see the big screen myself. Me too. I've I, got I, to see the big I, screen. I'm with you. I'm, I always want to see the movies But in I, the big I talk to the young people in Chicago. I, uh, I, I want you to see um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Is, is it out yet? I said, it's in the theater. You've got to see it on the big screen. Well, when can I see it? In my iPad. For free, or, yes, yeah. For and free. I said, that, well, no. no. But that's the mentality, it is. at least in the States. And it's hard to compete uh, with um, you know, content that is, quote-unquote, free, or at least is perceived to be it's free. perceived to be. And it's... Um, and, but and the insanity yeah, of like 25 new... Yes. Sources. Oh, yes. Which they'll get tired of. Yes. No, I, I think it's, uh, in a way, it's good that there will be many more players in the streaming world because um, it will probably, you know, balance things a little bit. And, and I think um, at the end, there will be different models that will be explored. I mm -hmm. think some of the new streaming players will actually uh, uh, open their... Uh, they will premiere their films in, in cinemas first. Correct. And that's good because that, that just provides more content to theater owners and mm -hmm. I think that's very important I think we should not give up you know with uh, the theatrical experience I think we must keep it alive 
I think uh, a movie, uh, most filmmakers envision them for the big screen mm -hmm. and to be watched in a communal setting. And I think... Uh, Absolutely. Yes. And, but, and what you've done in your theaters is, is what people have to do. The better seats, the, the food, the screen, the, yes. the, the whole atmosphere is very exciting. Exactly. That's, that's and important. That's, to your uh, question, important. how do you keep them coming back and, mm -hmm. and not, you know, defect and uh, mass to, to uh, <laughs> streaming, is uh, keeping the theatrical experience relevant. And that is by providing, you know, a great service, great um, you know, infrastructure, right. very comfortable seats with uh, recliners, uh, uh, food and beverage options that could include also waiter service to your seat. You have some uh, of the IMAXs, uh, don't you? Or oh, yes. Whatever you call them. Yeah, here. we have over 20 IMAX and, and over 60 yeah. large format screens of our own uh, uh, making, you know, of our brand. And you know there'll be something new. Yes, there's always something new and yeah. uh, we've added also 4DX in, right. the, in the last, you know, right. seven, eight years. and. It's gone very well. It's done. It's yeah. done quite it's well. It's insane. We, yes, we have one. I think it's crazy. <laughs> yes, I, we're I guess not the target. You know, it's for younger kids, and, yes, and but yes, they love yes. it. You know, yeah. the teenagers and uh, action films, uh, family films. They do very well in 4DX. But I'm hoping, like, like the Scorsese thing, I'm hoping. So that's Netflix. That these films will play theatrically. But now you have these new players. I think uh, they will uh, very quickly realize that the theatrical experience not only doesn't hurt their movies, but on the contrary, it helps them. Mm -hmm. Because um, the, the theatrical experience is the one that creates public opinion, that creates conversations, and that creates word of mouth, and starts the information cascade. Uh, it's very easy to, uh, for a movie, uh, even a great movie, to get lost among 10,000 titles on, on streaming. Course. So what people uh, appreciate the most is when they can navigate through you know the services with a little bit more information so if the movie opened first in theaters they've heard of it mm -hmm. you know it, that's what creates you know conversations and people will say well you know I missed it in the I missed it in the theaters but I heard that's a good movie and I'll see it when it comes out in in uh, right. streaming platforms that's how I wish it would be uh, yes that's how I wish and I think uh, yeah. But I think some players are recognizing that. I think Amazon Prime is a good example yeah. of a, a player that has uh, released most of its films in theaters mm -hmm. first. Correct. So, back to Morelia. I saw some good films. I saw great audiences. But tonight is this award presentation. You, 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 you see the young people receiving these awards and this enthusiasm and... Beautiful setting, by the way, whatever oh, that place is. Yes, it's a theater. Yeah, incredible. And the enthusiasm and that award is going to help them so much because we've given awards all my life. And I know Martin Scorsese started with me in 1967. He said, I showed my first film with you. You created me. I said, yeah, I helped your career, I know. But you, that tonight, did the very same thing with those, those filmmakers. And Gregory Nava, he started in Chicago. I, I just saw Selena. I'd never seen Selena before. Oh, really? I saw it here at 35mm, oh, 35mm, he brought his own print, yes. he said, and it was great. I didn't know she was talented. Yes. Uh, <laughs> when she yes. was that young. Selena was very talented. No, no, I, Jennifer mean, Lopez. I mean Jennifer oh, Lopez. Jennifer Lopez was very talented. How yes. old was she? About 20 years old, maybe. Probably, this is over Remarkable. Yeah, 20 years old. Okay. The whole thing, and, and the audience loved it, and seeing it on film again. Yes, it was a little, you know, scratchy and all, but still, it was a great experience. No. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the, the award ceremony is um, a good reflection of what, you know, we aspire uh, as, a, as a festival. 
uh, to really provide this platform for young filmmakers yeah. to to continue their careers. And you give them money, you give them, um, you give yes. them equipment, you give them all. And I heard the speech, and I heard the same problem we all have: no money for the arts. Yeah, I mean, it's very sad. I mean, Trump. We won't discuss politics, but yeah. there is no, there is no money. It's so same. we have to find it with sponsors. Or, or you, as I mentioned to uh, Danielle, I said, I've always used the expression "smoke and mirrors." Yeah, is what we do, and she says. Oh, I, I guess we do that. I <laughs> yes. said you do it very well. No, it's, it's yeah. um, we're also seeing uh, very important um, cuts in in uh, public spending in, in the arts mm -hmm. and culture in general. Yeah. So that's that's worrisome. But but I I'm glad to see the enthusiasm of of the young you know filmmakers that uh, you know are very happy. Well, you're you're the key to making this thing work. Well, yeah, I think uh, we're trying. You know, I'll send the whole festival ecosystem and the exhibitors and yeah. you know all of us that have a, a saying in this but um what i was going to say is that the the biggest uh, award uh, that we give to the filmmakers that that went that won tonight is not only the the money prize or the you know beautiful sculpture prize yeah. but also um the fact that the winners in the categories of best short being animated animated short uh, mm -hmm. live action short or documentary short and best documentary feature are eligible, you know, for, for the, the Oscar. Oscar of course. And that's wonderful. What I used to find at the festival, when a short film would win, and then 10 years later, 20 years, so he, the guy would come back or the girl would come back and say, you know, my short won and I'm here, you're showing my feature tonight. And it just won the feature. I said, how about that? That's wonderful. Exactly. You know, you know something I'll tell you're only, you. You're only 17 years old. Yes. <laughs> but I'll tell you a very nice story from our very th uh, early edition, the third edition. Yeah. Um, one of uh, the uh, filmmakers that won was a young woman, 23 years old, Elisa Miller, who was just finishing film school. She hadn't even graduated. Mm -hmm. She won Morelia with a beautiful short called Ver Llover. Um, and... Uh, one of the Cannes programmers saw it here, and uh, they invited it to Cannes. You can imagine Cannes receives, you know, over 10,000 shorts. Of course. And so just to make it to the selection, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity. Mm -hmm. So she was invited to the official selection, and she ended up winning the Palme d'Or. You know, and it was, when we saw that, yeah. we're like, okay, this is making sense. You know, we have to continue doing this because it really is a, a, a useful platform. So how will you get more support financially? I mean... I was at the opening night, off the record. I yes. listened to the governor speak for 20 minutes saying how great he was and how much I felt he was giving you a million dollars the way he was talking. Yeah. But tonight he gave you nothing, no. except 20-minute speech. Well, um, yes, I think... <laughs> I know it's terrible uh, yes, to say that. No, but, but I think what, what <laughs> we're trying to do is uh, to make the festival as much as we can... Um, you know, financially independent from, uh, you know, government funding. But the government funding is always important. You know, festivals are, you know, are not, you know, uh, usually economically or financially um, self-sustaining. And uh, In America, they get very little government funding. Yeah, I know. Festivals. In the world, they do, yes. of course. Yes. Yeah, no, and I like agree. Like Toronto, like, I, yes. you know, $10 million. No, dollars, I see you know. Sundance gets very little government support. Right. I'm on the board of Sundance, and right. I see that. But, and that's my goal. To be like Sundance, you know, have mm. uh, that that even if the government cuts down support, we can survive. We may have to downsize a little bit if, if that would happen, but we would go on over over uh, over 50% of the 
government uh, of the I'm sorry of the f- uh, festival's budget comes from the private sector. So even if if uh, okay. of uh, the government support would go to zero, which I don't foresee in the next few years, but if it did, uh, we would continue because uh, uh, this year it's almost 60% of the total budget of the festival comes from the private sector. Mm-hmm. And my goal is to take it to 85 or 90 in a few years. So, you've seen ShowScan. Have you seen ShowScan? You've seen it without knowing it, maybe. No. Um, ShowScan was invented by a special effects filmmaker, Dalton Trumbull. Yep. Who did the Space, space uh-huh. Odyssey thing. And he filmed at 126 frames on film. For maybe, I think he could only do it for 20 minutes. And by doing it so fast, so perfect, it's the same perception of your eye. Uh-huh. And you would believe, without glasses or anything, you would believe that it's real. And I assume that in the f- future we'll be seeing 3D, perfectly natural 3D without anything for Also, to get us back in the theater experience. Did you in your lifetime ever experience Cinerama? Because it was I, I one did. of the coolest things as a child to see. Yes, no, I did experience <laughs> Cinerama. Uh, I mean, before CinemaScope yes, and Tadeo yes, and all that stuff. Yes. No, and I and I really like, for instance, IMAX and large large screens. But um, yeah. we've also um, experimented with uh, virtual reality. Uh, ah, yes, uh, of yes, course. in some, in some uh, cinemas with a as a <clears throat> as an add-on to maybe one movie, but but mainly right now it's mainly video games. But <clears throat> I think um, to your point about <coughs> the show scan. You've well, seen another system, uh, something. <coughs> yes, but there's also high frame rate. I right. don't know if you've seen that. <clears throat> I don't particularly li- like high frame rate. I think it looks too real. It looks almost like um, you you can actually notice the the makeup of the of the of the of the yeah, uh, yeah. artists yeah. and of the actors. I don't know if you saw the Hobbit that came in high frame rate. I per- I didn't particularly like it. I'm I'm not a fan okay. of it. So. Um, there are some um, uh, technological innovations that actually uh, have an impact and stay on, and some that fade There'll out be immer- quickly. Immersive cinema somehow there will be. Well, there's already also yeah. X, uh, Screen X from the same uh, Korean technology that produced for DX. Uh, screen X is you have the main screen, and then they add uh, projectors and screens on the side walls, and uh, certain scenes they. Uh, they're able to persuade the studios to shoot in a, in a much, much wider... And, but that, that, that was Cinerama. It's similar to Cinerama, but this yeah. is different. This but is now called, it's perfect, of yes, course. Yes, and it doesn't go 360 degrees. It's just the main screen in front, and then there's the two side uh, walls. And, and of course, it only goes for a certain amount of the movie, and it only usually... Is to make you feel like inside the movie, it's, uh, it it uh, it um, it becomes a much more immersive experience because your right. peripheral view, of course, uh, is That's is the there. Whole idea, the whole yeah, idea. exactly. But the, of course, all of the action takes place on the on the right. main screen. See, th- that will get me back to the movies. Yeah, and that's what that's something <laughs> we're doing. Yes. Yeah. That's something we're doing. Yeah. Although we don't have to get you back to the movies because we know you're in the movies all the time. The third row yes. on the aisle. Good, because <laughs> <laughs> I like it to be. Yeah. So Immersive. like in Chicago, we have the, the arc light. Mm-hmm. You, you, mm-hmm. you know, you know everything about movie theaters because you were in the business. No, I know. So arc light at least cares. 
like perfect theater experience. You know, you can't go in once the movie starts and, and all of that. So when you sit there, you're in like in your own screening room, yeah. which is cool. Very. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm concerned about all this streaming stuff. And I know people will get tired of it because each one will cost another $10 or $5 or something. Yes. And they're all going to go crazy for a while. Yes, and I think uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, the obituaries of, of the theaters, movie theaters has been written many times. And fortunately, we're still here 120 years plus after uh, the invention of the, of the cinema. Yeah. And uh, if we think about it in, in historical perspective, you know, the first uh, technology that really had a major impact on, on uh, cinema was television, of course. Uh, my, great, my, my grandmother used to tell me she used to watch the news about the Second World War in the cinema. There was no television. That's correct. And they were like two, three months late, but they got the images eventually. Yeah. Then It's called the news of the day. The news of the day. Then television <laughs> yes. came, and then VCR, then cable, yeah. then satellite, uh, then streaming. And to be honest, I think that most of the uh, home entertainment options, you know, compete with each other and displace each other. Uh, and that's why we've seen that, you know, uh, VCR was displaced by um, DVD and Blu-ray right. and uh, cable subsist, uh, I mean, still exists, but it's uh, sort of not growing and satellite, same open television, uh, I think will be suffering with all the streaming services. Mm -hmm. But I think at the end of the day, what saves the the cinema experience, the movie theater experiences, uh, the communal aspect of it, the social Absolutely. dimension of it. Absolutely. People want to go out of their homes. People yeah. want to go with friends, with their dates, with a family, to yeah. uh, to watch a movie in a communal setting and to watch it in the big screen, as particularly when everybody's talking about it. We've lost the art cinemas ourselves, though. That that world is gone, unfortunately. That's sad. There yeah. remain a few here there and there, few, but uh, we're actually. Uh, we have a project to build a, well, we have a circuit of art cinemas within Cinepolis of 26 mm -hmm. uh, theaters around the country. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have a project to do a, uh, an art house cinema in Mexico City of four screens solely devoted to, um, to art house movies. Well, years ago, I think, I don't know if it was AMC or someone in my town, or they're called Icon now. They devoted one screen especially to art films. They tried it. Of course, didn't work. it didn't work, unfortunately. Yeah, well, sadly, the audiences for art films tends to be limited. So, um, and then if, if you lose part of that audience to, to uh, streaming services, I mean, then... then but, but today we were together and we saw a wonderful Italian movie. Wonderful. Magari by Ginevra del Can. Incredible film that's playing the festival circuit. Now, where will that go to find a general audience today? Well, it depends. I guess it goes country by country, but uh, it's already being released in, in France and Italy. Uh, and I guess it will find its place in, in some countries' uh, art circuits. In some other countries, it may go to more mainstream uh, circuits. Yeah. But, but it's true that it's, it's harder for you know, more artistic films to... Um, to find audiences, but I think we should mm -hmm. keep trying. I'm, I'm confident that, yeah. you know, if, if, again, if we provide lots of things, you know, things like uh, the ones I mentioned, you know, yeah, great yeah. service, great course, facilities, uh, great food, and people will continue to come. 
We've gone insane with ours, where you actually eat your meals there. Yes, I know. Yeah, in do you have any of those too? Yes, we actually pioneer. We actually yeah. pioneer the luxury cinema concept. We have oh, uh, over 400 uh, luxury cinemas, yeah. uh, well screens, and uh, you can have a cocktail. You can have a, you know, just popcorn and sodas, as in most uh, cinemas. But you can also have sushi or a crepe or a panini or sliders or exactly, a quesadilla exactly, or a salad exactly. and that's that's really so you have those yeah those. oh okay. yes okay. yes yes we, we, we actually we, we've been doing that for 20 years we opened our first one in 1999 here in uh, mexico city no kidding so and, and we introduced them in the u.s as well you know in california texas florida <laughs> yes we even have in, in I mean, new york and chelsea but uh we don't have in chicago though no, all I always we have, all we have are AMCs. Yeah. <laughs> it seems now that the Chinese bought that for a while, but then it's gone. Then they sold it. No, it's it's still part Didn't of the Wanda group. I thought they I thought they tried to sell it. No, off they, again. they no they they did receive some uh, uh, you know private investment, but but it it's still it's still owned by Wanda. Oh. yes, uh, AMC and uh, AMC itself also bought um, Carmack in the U.S. and uh, Odeon in in Europe. Nordic cinemas in Europe, so it's a pretty large company. My goodness. Well, what else can we say about your festival? It's 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 incredible. It's grown. You got to find money. Yeah. You, but you're the key. You, you're the not just one of the founders. Financially, you have the you have the vision too as a producer, and you see the these stars are here because of you. Well, I think it's it's, you know that. It, it's, I mean. it's 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 a festival that has sort of um, gained prestige in the world of festivals. And I have been hearing about it for so many years. Yes, I'm, I'm so happy to finally be we here. We are so happy that you're here. And by the way, thank you very much for agreeing to be in our jury. Uh, we're so, delighted. So, so, I love the winning film. I'm glad. I'm, I'm going to see it. Is, that film is strong. I'm, I've heard so many good things from all the jurors that I'm really curious to see. Yeah. It. And... Uh, I think, um, yeah, we uh, we need to continue, you know, raising the. We have to continue to raise the bar yeah. from edition to edition, and hopefully, you know, um, the festival has already become, you know, pretty well uh, institutionalized in, in a way that, even as I said, with uh, reduced public funding, we can continue for many more what kind years. Of, what kind of audience number-wise here? I, I can't envision how many numbers you have. Of attendees. Yeah. Well, this year, so far until today, fifty-seven thousand attendees. Uh, and you still have three more days. We to have go. three more days. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be a very good addition, I think. Excellent. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. So feel better. I hope so. I have to fly away tomorrow. You have my car. You know how to find me. Yes, and you know how to find me. And we're back from the interview. So clearly. You are not crazy about the social experience of going to a movie theater because you'd rather be at home and and uh, watch it. Well, okay. I guarantee you, you you went to see Avengers Endgame or whatever it's called on the big screen. Absolutely not. I hate really? Marvel movies. But that's what they're counting on. That's, that's not, what's going to get people I back. I am not going to the movies to watch a bunch of old 25-year-olds, 35-year-olds in underwear running around. No thank you. But... The point of the problem with going to the movie theaters nowadays is the fact that it's so convenient to stay at your house. But it's also an issue of trying to make 
new and exciting pictures that will actually attract people because a lot of the times most of the movies that are in the theaters are templates of things that already have been done. There's very little. Yes, that there are sequels. That's I know. A lot of sequels, and there's very little excitement coming out of Hollywood at this current time. But these theater owners are, are counting on you going back to see the, the tentpole films they call you know the big the big film that you can't really appreciate on your telephone or on your home screen. And that's where I defer from a normal movie audience member because I'm not really. The type of audience member to go watch a movie at midnight on a release date just because it's Marvel Avengers. I don't care enough about it to do that. But I do know a lot of people who love and enjoy the franchise and will go outside of their way to do it. Because clearly the numbers are there. The numbers are there, correct. But it seems to be that the only thing actually thriving in movie theaters nowadays is those type of movies. And the problem is that those type of numbers aren't sustainable. That is exactly true. At some point, people are going to be like, oh, okay, cool, another Marvel movie. So what are, what are we going to move on to that? And that's why this gentleman mentions the new immersive cinema and things that they're developing for the future that's going to get you back to the cinemas. Well, Bigger screens, new sound, new 3D, new things that we haven't even thought of yet. Well, they have a Virtu- lot of... Virtual reality things. They Listen, have a lot they're, of they're work to do. They're working on a lot do. of new stuff. The amount of work left to do is definitely insane... Because having gone to a quote-unquote 4D movie with, as we talked about previously, with the air and mist and rumbling seats, they dropped the ball on that one. And I don't, I'm waiting to see what realistically can bring people back because people aren't going to see IMAX movies anymore. We're not going to see 4D movies anymore. I think IMAX is doing fine. They keep opening. The big experience, they, the, big, the big experience still works. Well, at museums. But no, but in Chicago, we have Navy Pier. It does very well. Does it? That's, a, that's, I a, haven't, that's our biggest I IMAX. I personally, in my generation, haven't heard anyone say, I'm going to go see an IMAX movie. Well, that's another expensive ordeal. Well, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So there's clearly a disconnect in what audience members and consumers want versus what theaters are delivering and what about what about the, the the gang of the guys you hang out with don't they go to the movies no really not at all they barely the, even watch movies because you're the right age bracket for people don't have the attention about. span to sit through movies it's honestly kind of ridiculous you make fun of me for being on my phone a lot but there are people who really can't sit through a movie without being on their phone for half of it. I know so many people that watch TV and they're not really watching TV. They just have background noise on and they're on their phone the whole time. And they're watching maybe 10% of that actual show. Mm -hmm. And then they complain and bitch about the fact that the show isn't funny or that it's not interesting. It's like you haven't watched or listened to any of it. You've just popped in at some random point in the episode that was probably kind of dry. Well, I guess I'm old-fashioned. I love the movies. You know, It's definitely a generational divide and... I'm interested in waiting to see what they're going to do to attract audience members. Because clearly at this point, maybe it's just me, but I'm I'm not that interested in going to the movies. Interesting. But let's, let's leave it on that point. Well, that, right that and one last point is it's the waiting factor. Um, a lot of the times when you have to wait for a movie, people tend to forget about it. So when it releases in theaters with the advent of the internet and the constant 
bombarding of movies and shows and all of these things at your disposal, it's so easy to forget about a movie coming out. They have to do so much more work now to advertise these movies. Unless it's something like we said, like Marvel or DC or whatever the hell. So we'll leave it on that. Remember to email us at nose to nose podcast. And any last words, Michael? No, no, I'm too depressed listening to you. <laughs> Gotta well, get you some see if we can get you some Ridlin. You might enjoy the movies more. <laughs> to the pharmacy. <laughs> All right, bye guys.